Let's take a deep dive into the details about New York Giants third round draft pick wide receiver Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. We're joined by Eric Kane, host of the Lock on Balls podcast, who will give us that detail coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Welcome to another edition. We are talking New York Giants draft choices, and all this week, we are reaching out to our colleagues over at the Locked On College Network. They are coming on uh, to talk about the prospects that the Giants drafted because they know them probably better than we do at this point. So we're getting the 411 from everybody. And on today's program, I'm happy to welcome in Eric Kane. He is the host of Locked on Vols. He's also a writer over at VolQuest.com. And he's going to tell us a little bit about Jalen Hyatt, the ride receiver out of Tennessee, the guy that uh, I know a lot of you were jumping for joy when the Giants got him. So let's get into it, Eric. Thank you so much for joining the Locked on Giants podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. So let's get the lowdown on Jalen Hyatt. Let's get an overview, a scouting overview, what you've seen from him over the years, how he's developed and where his game currently stands. Yeah, Jalen, um, first and foremost, Jalen Hyatt's speed. He's a speedster. I think that's why the Giant, the Giants went out and got him. They, you know, want to take the top off the defense, stretch the defense vertically. That is what you're getting in Jalen Hyatt. That's not all to his game, but that is certainly his strong suit. Not the biggest guy, uh, about six foot one. Uh, about you know, I think he got up to about 175, 76 pounds is where he, you know, clocked in there at his uh his pro day, which is or actually this pro day, he was a little bit heavier. He was about 184 pounds. Um, so again, he's not the biggest guy, but he has put on some weight, obviously, since being at Tennessee. But guy that has come in and just worked really hard. He flashed as a freshman in 2020 just by putting him in and just letting him go deep. And he caught a couple touchdown passes behind Alabama and some other SEC schools uh in that 2020 season. Um, hit some adversity in 2021 uh, whenever, you know, Valus Jones kind of replaced him in the slot and and Valus Jones went on to be drafted by the Chicago Bears and Jalen Hyatt was kind of the odd man out, but worked hard, came back as a junior and uh, just exploded and kind of reached his potential, had incredible games against Alabama and LSU and countless other teams, but put in the work, uh, become a good route runner, but uh, it, certainly his, his um, strength is his speed. And I think that's why the Johns went out and got him. Now, interesting thing about his speed, um, when Jalen Hyatt came to East Rutherford for his introductory press conference, he talked a little bit about bulking up a little bit, adding a little extra weight. I don't know if that started actually when he was at Tennessee and whatnot, but have you noticed any kind of change in his speed? Do you think he can handle the extra weight or will that maybe slow him down somewhat? I think he can definitely afford and can handle the extra weight. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, at points in time at Tennessee during his freshman season and a little bit during his sophomore season, you know, he was about 155 pounds, which is just inexcusable. You, ca- you can't play big-time football weighing that. 
And, um, he, you know, after his sophomore season, he hit the weight room hard, came back in January of, I guess this is 2022. Um, he was up to about 165 pounds, which is good. And I think he got to around 175 pounds. And, and then of course, during the season, you know, some of it came off a little bit, but, um, you know, going into the pro day, he weighed at 184 pounds, which was almost 10 pounds more than at the scouting combine, which was huge for him. But I, I do think that he can handle that a little bit because, you know, he's, uh, you haven't seen a dip in his speed, you know, from when he was a freshman weighing about, a you know, 155 to when he was a junior weighing close to 175 or 180 pounds. So I think he can definitely handle it and, and he's going to need to do that. Um, uh, again, you know, the Southeastern Conference is a big boy football and, you know, he did add some weight, but now you're stepping into a new arena where it's grown men and they are trying to knock your head off. So I do think he can hold that weight. Um, he's, he, you know, he's got speed. He didn't run his best at the combine or the pro day. I know he was having a little bit of a hamstring issue, but he's a guy that can run mid four threes. And I think putting on some weight, you'll still be good enough running in the low fours, but you know, with 10 or 15 more pounds. Were you surprised that he fell to the third round? I mean, I know some people had him as a first round or some people had him in the second round. Were you surprised that he slipped? And why do you think he slipped? Oh, just because of those questions right there. Is he a one-trick pony? Is is he just a, a speed guy? Is he a complete receiver? You know, he's too small. Um, I am surprised that he fell to the third round. I thought he was, I, I did not have him. I know there was some first-round chatter there right at the end of the season, a little bit uh, early during the portion of this NFL draft process. I did not see him as a first-rounder. I thought that he would go somewhere in the 40s, maybe 39 to Carolina, somewhere in the 40s. That's kind of where I had him pegged. Um, so I was with that surprise that he slid all the way down to the third round round. But again, I, I think that you had some teams and some personnel saying, Hey, um, our questions are, can you do anything else, but run vertical? You know, you're, you're a small guy. Uh, I don't want to waste this investment this high in the draft. And I think that's why a lot of teams did pass on him, but uh, knowing and just, you know, speaking with some people close to, you know, him and his family and his circle, the giants have been high on him. The entire process loved them. Some Jalen Hyatt met with him a couple of different times, um, I, I never thought the Giants would take him. Was it 25, 26, somewhere around there? I didn't think the Giants would take him there, but I knew that if he was on the board and they had the opportunity in the second or third round, I thought the Giants would be a great place for him. And of course, I think they are thrilled. And I think they admitted as much like, hey, when he was on the board in the third round, you know, we're jumping for joy because we thought he'd be gone. And so they just scooped him up there. Well, actually, they had to trade up to get him. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that that was, you know, when when you have to trade up to get a prospect, that puts a little extra pressure or a little bigger spotlight, if you will, on, on the prospect, because it's like, okay, you better be worth what we just gave up. So uh, certainly that's, that's something um, to keep an eye on now with, with Jalen Hyatt. I mean, how was he primarily deployed in in Tennessee? And was that just because of he was locked into the scheme or is the coaches just weren't, you know, they didn't have the imagination to use him in, in bigger roles. I mean, how did that all kind of come kind of come about? Well, I certainly don't think it was for a lack of imagination. <laughs> the, the, the way Josh Heupel schemed up um, defenses this past year to utilize the speed of Jalen Hyatt, I mean, it was it was incredible. He would scheme things up. So some, of, I mean, a lot. It's not all scheme, but some of it was scheme. I mean, anybody that watches football can see that. Um, he would scheme things up to where a linebacker was covering Jalen Hyatt in the slot. I mean, you talk about a mismatch, you know, from hell, right? Um, but it, so it was some type of schemes, but I mean, it was, um, you know, he, he ran some underneath routes so you don't see a lot of those on the highlight rows and everything, but he ran some underneath routes. He can run, you know, the, the, the drags, the, 
the corners, the you know, the 10 outs, the 10 ends, all that type of stuff, the short slants and all that. It's just, you know, he's his his strength is to get behind the second, third layer of the defense. And Tennessee exploited that so much this past year. I mean, when you have guys from Alabama and guys from LSU, they can't figure it out and can't stop it. You just continue to go to that. And so that was that's that's kind of what Tennessee was comfortable with. They would use in years past, you know, Valus Jones is the guy to kind of get them, you know, under the sticks, get them up there. Cedric Tillman was a big, big play guy. Brew McCoy was more of a possession guy this past year. And Jalen Hyatt was the home run, and they connected on that home run a couple of different times throughout uh, a game, you know, typically in the season. So uh, not that he couldn't do it, not that Tennessee didn't have the imagination to use him in another different ways. Um, that's just kind of what was working for them, and they were winning a whole lot of games, so they continued to do it. Hey, Giant fans, if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then you got to try a Bilt Bar or Bilt Puff. These tasty treats are healthy and they taste amazing. Each bar puff covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but without all the guilt, the fat, the carbs, the sugar, and all the bad stuff. With Built Bars and Built Puffs, you're getting a, you're getting a generous amount of protein in every serving, about an average of 17 grams of protein per bar. And most bars have about 130 calories with four grams of sugar. Really good stuff, as I said. And did you know that you don't have to wait any longer for your box to ship from built.com? Just pop into your local Sam's Club or Walmart and pick up your box of assorted flavors. You can thank me later on that. Or if you still prefer to customize your box and have it shipped from Built, go to built.com and use our special promo code LOCKEDON15 to save 15% off your first order. Try a Built Bar or Built Puff today and enjoy the taste without all the guilt. If he gets asked to play on the outside, is there a specific like patterns that you think will fit him best? Or is he the type that can basically do the entire route tree and it doesn't matter if you put him inside, outside, you know, X, Y, Z, however, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and think that I'm an expert on wide receivers, but, uh, I will say this. He excels from the slot. He has experience lining up on the outside. As a freshman back in 2020, um, he was he was an outside receiver. A little bit during his sophomore season, he lined up on the outside. This past season, he was strictly slot, but Josh Hopple would motion him. They would stack. They would go tandems on the outside. Sometimes the outside guy and Jalen Hyatt in the slot would would flip. And, and so he's got a little bit of experience, you know, lining up pretty much anywhere. The way... Um, Josh Heupel and his offensive staff teach is if you learn the slot first, you can play anything in the system. And, and that's kind of the way they went about it with Jalen Hyatt. So um, I think he's capable of doing anything from the slot or from the outside. But with that size and the lack of weight, you know, being pressed on the line of scrimmage is obviously a concern. That's something he's gotten a little bit better at. But, you know, putting him in the slot, he didn't see that obviously as often. And so that's you know, one of the reasons why Tennessee had him there. But if he's out there on the outside, he'll certainly have to work to beat press man coverage uh, and to get off the line. How is he as a, as a run blocker when asked to block down the field? Yeah, he's, he's not bad. Um, I wouldn't say that that's probably his strength, but there's several times whenever Tennessee is, you know, you see on the highlight tape of a guy, you know, running for a first down or maybe running for a touchdown and he's, you know, got a hand in the face of a, a defensive back or he's, you know, kind of running between the back and uh, the defender kind of splitting that difference. 
Um, you know, I think that's something he'll continue to need to work on and everything. It's not from a lack of buy-in or anything. It's just, you know, he's a, he's a wide receiver that weighs, you know, 175, 180 pounds. Um, but I, I do think that's something that he's willing to do. It's something that he has done, but I wouldn't say that it's any type of strength right now. Obviously learning the playbook is going to be key for him because the giants do have a somewhat complicated offense, but what are some of the other things that maybe he needs to refine in his game in order to hit the ground running at the next level? Um, I just think just continuing to be an overall wide receiver. Uh, again, I, I've said that he's capable of doing all these different things, and he did to a certain extent at Tennessee, but he continues to be used as a vertical guy. Can you run the underneath routes? Can you be a possession type receiver if that is what the Giants are going to have to rely on you for at certain times in a ball game? Just continuing to to refine on all that type of stuff. I would love to see, and Tennessee did this a little bit. There was one touchdown against Alabama where. They sent him in motion. They threw it to him behind the line and just let him go. I would love to see him be used more, maybe some screens, some tunnels, some bubbles, um, you know, off that motion and get him the ball at or around the line of scrimmage and see what he can do because not only is he fast, but he's also quick and he's agile. And I think he can use that as a strength as well. But I would say just continuing to be a better overall wide receiver, um, something that he has done, something that he can do. But again, that's not, you know, his strength. Um, but you're going to have to rely on that at the next level for sure. So I just continue to do that type of stuff. Let's talk about some of the intangibles with this young man. I mean, my initial impression with him was very confident, very uh, not, not necessarily cocky, but confident. What is he like? You know, is, is he, you know, what kind of teammate is he? Is he, you know, a rah-rah type of guy? Is he, is he smart? I mean, what, tell me about some of the intangibles he brings. Definitely confident for sure. I, I wouldn't say cocky. I don't think that's really um, his personality, but he is confident. He's smart. Um, he's capable of putting in the work to learn. Uh, obviously, uh, there was a change in the offensive system midway through his collegiate career when Josh Heupel came in. Uh, he picked up that on that really, really quickly, learned the route tree and all that type of stuff. Um, I would say he's a hard worker where you know early in his career, they put him out there simply because he was such a weapon uh, as a true freshman. As a sophomore, he had some adversity, as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, they, they had him out there for a little bit. And then Tennessee said, all right, you know, for us to go with this tempo that we have right now and for us to be the best we can be, we're going to move Valus from the outside, put him in the slot and Jalen Hyde, you're going to be the fourth man off the bench. And, and, you know, that's adversity for a guy that's literally never, never set the bench in his life. And um, he, he sought into Valus Jones. He sought into, you know, Kelsey Pope, the wide receiver coach and said that, what do I need to do? To, to, to be better, to return to the field, and not only to return to the field, but uh, to, to help win games, be, be the best receiver in the nation, go to the NFL. And, you know, that type of buy-in and that type of off-season work, you know, really propelled him to where he was this past season. So I've really admired Jalen for that. He's a guy that recognized what he was doing wasn't good enough, put in the work, you know, completely invested himself in the strength and conditioning program, throwing routes with his quarterbacks. I mean, they were out there all summer long, him and Hinton Hooker, just throwing and throwing and throwing. So I'm um, a confident guy, a guy that's going to work hard. He's a good teammate. Guys enjoy being around him. He is not a rah-rah guy. That is not his personality. Um, he is more, you know, he can lead, but it's very much more by example. Um, but but he's a, he's a really good teammate. And I think that uh, people at Tennessee really, really enjoy playing with him and having him around. What about his injury history? Was I could be wrong here, but didn't he have a hamstring issue? Um, I, I want to say towards the end of the season, might have been even towards the combine. I mean, is is that a concern? Given you know, and maybe is that why? If if that is a concern, maybe he's adding a little bit more bulk. 
I, I, he had during the season. I mean, everybody's got some, you know, bumps and bruises and everything during the seasons here at Tennessee. Um, I think he suffered a concussion um, early on in the 2021 season, but he came back from that a, a couple of weeks later. That was nothing, you know, major. He's not really suffered an injury that I know of. He did tweak his hamstring uh, preparing for the NFL combine. And I think towards the end of the combine, you saw him kind of with some ice on his hamstring there. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that's the reason why he didn't, you know, run faster than whatever he did. But I know that the hamstring was giving him some issue, but he was back full speed, looked really, really good at his pro day. I just think more than anything, just bulking up is just a necessity for him. Like he just understands, you know, life in the SEC, you had to bulk up. Stage is only getting, you know, steeper, right? The the test is only getting harder. You go to the National Football League, you have got to put on some more weight. So I think that's probably just a, a another issue there. So uh, injuries were never really big for him. He was pretty he's pretty durable and uh, he didn't miss a whole lot of games. Do you think he has the maturity to handle the New York market, which is obviously a long way from from any market like it? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, young guy, rookie, there'll be some lumps. He'll have to uh, he'll have to endure, um, you know, reporters in the locker room. You know, that's something that he's never had to deal with in college, really anybody. Um, I, again, I, I'm not I'm not trying to equate the Knoxville media market to, to that of New York because it's not the same thing. But you get a whole lot of media attention when you're here at, at Tennessee, um, you know, life in the SEC. Uh, you, Tennessee will get transfers coming in. And they'll be like, you know, spring practice interviews, fall camp interviews, you know, media requests for the like, what is this? I've never, you know, meet me at the airport coming in for a recruiting visit. What is this? Uh, that's live in the SEC. So, and he's been so good with the media, um, you know, really good to talk to. He's very calm. He's very detailed. He puts thoughts into what he says. He's not short-tempered. Um, he's really, really good in front of a camera. So with that aspect, I think he'll be fine. But obviously, you know, you go to the league, there's there's more media expectations. Um, it'll be a little different ball game for him, but I think he'll do well. Um, there are some guys, you know, on this past team for Tennessee, and just like every team, that I don't know would handle that situation the best, but I certainly think Jalen Hyatt's a guy that will handle it better than some. I always like to find out about a guy, you know, as person, you know, away from the football field and whatnot. What are, what can you tell me about Jalen Hyatt away from the football field interests, you know, maybe a cool human interest story or something like that? Um, you know, for Jalen, he's just kind of quiet off the field. Um, he's a good guy. He hangs out, you know, some of his best friends on the football team here at Tennessee was running back. Um, and Jalen Wright, uh, he was with him uh, down at his home uh, in, in Florida whenever he was drafted. And, uh, a lot of those guys just like to hang out, play video games. Um, you know, he did a, a lot of work, you know, in the NIL world and college, you know, football nowadays. You know, Spire Sports does a great job with the University of Tennessee, and and he's linked up with them. Did a did a whole lot of community outreach, did a whole lot of things, you know, trying to promote promote nonprofits and all that type of stuff, and, and they held a couple autograph signings, and you know, just as a guy that enjoys being around people. So a specific human interest story or something that he's in off the field. I don't know if I have one of those, but he's a guy that just enjoys being around people. Um, he's so gracious with kids, um, you know, with the fans, always, you know, stopping to take pictures, signing autographs, because I think he's one of those guys that understands that he was that kid not, not too long ago and, and the, the role that he has in, in their lives and being an example and everything. So uh, just a fun guy to be around. He was raised the right way. He comes from a really nice family. Um, and again, a, a hard worker. And I just, I can't speak enough about Jalen for 
you know, the adversity that he hit during the 2021 season and how he responded. I mean, he told us continuously meet with the media. It's like, Hey, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this isn't good enough. I'm not giving it everything I can give. Um, am I going to sit here and pout and complain? Cause he was, you know, he was one of the best high school wide receivers coming out of uh, that recruiting class. Um, you know, had a guy that never, a guy that rarely ever played four quarters of high school football, uh, caught a couple of touchdowns in a, a state championship game at the, you know, that was played at South Carolina Stadium. Then he hit that adversity for the first time as a sophomore, and he just he responded the right way. And I, I just I think the world of him for that. He sounds like a really good guy, and and like I said, you know, the initial impression of him was somebody who was confident but not cocky, mm-hmm. um, but somebody who was going to come in earn his stripes, you know, not rock the boat, not pull a diva act. Like, you know, sometimes some rookies will do um, and just try and be part of the puzzle moving forward as opposed to peace. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and again, I, I bet he was disappointed. You know, I haven't talked to Jalen since the draft, but I, I know him well enough to where I'm sure he was disappointed that he slid uh, to the third round. I don't think that he's going to sit there and pout and have a you know vendetta, but I do think he'll use that as confidence and his motivation, a chip on his shoulder. Uh, but knowing that, you know, he's 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 got a long way to go. Um, and if you want to last in this league, if you want to, you know, prove your investment to the New York Giants, you got to come in, you got to learn, you got to wait your turn, you got to work, you got to take coaching from those other receivers around you and you know, from everybody else. And I think Jalen is a guy that will go in and do and do just that. But you know, hard worker. Um, he's confident in himself, he's confident in his abilities for sure. Um, and that I think that's a great thing for any competitor, any football player, especially a guy that, you know, kind of has people count him out, right? Um, he's he's small, he's a one-trick pony. Uh, you need to be confident in yourself and confident in your abilities. And and I think that's who he is. And so I expect him to go in there and um, you'll work hard and, and whatever role he has for the Giants his first season, I expect him to take that, but I do expect it to grow, you know, maybe as that rookie season goes on, maybe as a second year player, I just expect him to get better and better. All right. Final question for you, Eric. I'm going to get an opportunity to speak to all these guys, all the giant rookies. What do you think is one thing that I have to ask him that everybody might be interested in finding out the answer to? Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. And I'm not asking you to do my job for me, but I, I'm just curious because like I said, you guys know these guys better than we do at this point. You know, he's going to get the typical questions. I know he will. Um, you know, do, what what else is there to your game other than being the speedster? Um, how much do you weigh? Do you think you're too small? Do you think you'll last? Like all that type of stuff. Probably, you know, are you disappointed you, you know, went in the third round? He'll get asked all those questions. Um, you know, I'm sure he might get asked even about the Alabama game. And, of course, you know, I'm sure you know all about the Alabama game where he had Six receptions, five touchdowns, 207 yards uh, against the the nation's number one defense at the time. Um, I don't know. I, I think you'll get asked all those questions. You know, maybe just uh, maybe ask him what what clicked, what changed for him. Um, uh, again, came in as a highly touted prospect, had a little bit of success as a freshman, didn't see the field much at all as a sophomore. Um, what changed for him, and, and why did he make that change? And is that the reason? Um, he is now standing where he is today, and you know, with a member of the New York Giants at rookie minicamp. I would kind of go that route. Ask him, ask him, um, you know, what was the moment where he realized that he still has the potential, but he, but he had to, he had to make that change, and and kind of see what he says. He'll he'll be great with that question. Um, he really will, and I think it'll be a really nice piece for you to maybe write. 
Okay, cool. I mean, certainly uh, it sounds like that game was a, a, a turning point for him in, in, in his college career. So uh, certainly we'll put that in my notebook as well as I'm curious about something you said earlier about how the Tennessee receivers are taught, you know, I, I think you said slot and then they work their way outward. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm curious about how that helped with his development as well, because I know Tennessee recently or not recently, but, you know, within the last year or so had a change in coaching if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, Josh Heupel coached Jalen Hyde his last two years in college. So he had that first year with Jeremy Pruitt, who brought him in. Pruitt was fired. And then Josh Heupel last two years. Right. Um, so yeah, it was before the 2021 season. Right. Cause Jeremy Pruitt actually came to the giants as an assistant yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. There you with go. Joe judge <laughs> until that staff got, you know, jettisoned out of here. Full so. circle. <laughs> yeah. Full circle is right. So, all right. Well, listen, Eric, thank you so much. For all the intel on Jalen Hyatt, again, I cannot wait to see all these draft picks. You know, this is really, for me, I think this is one of the Giants' best draft classes. And I'd have to go back to 2007 to to really, you know, say that they've knocked one out of the park, at least on paper. Got to see what they do on the field. But I feel very good about this class. So I want to thank you for the intel on Jalen Hyatt. Folks, you can find him on the Locked on Vols podcast, which is one of our college podcasts you can also find him at volquest.com he is eric kane giant fans don't go anywhere we have more coming up on today's locked on giants podcast right after this all right giant fans welcome back to the locked on giants podcast i'm your host patricia Trena. and before i wrap up today's show just real quick tomorrow we're going to have a show on the schedule which is coming out on Thursday, of course. So I'm going to do a special show specific to that. And then right after that, we're going to get right back to hearing from our various locked on college hosts about the Giants draft picks. So I have um, coming up after the schedule show, I have uh, Josh Helmer from locked on Sooners, who's going to talk about Eric Gray. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get somebody for Trey Hawkins of Old Dominion. We don't have an Old Dominion host. But again, I would refer you back to Monday's show with Damian Parson, because I did ask him about Trey Hawkins in that show. Uh, And then to round out the draft picks, we're going to have Spencer McLaughlin of Locked on Pac-12 and Locked on Ducks. He's going to talk about Oregon defensive lineman Jordan Riley. And then we'll wrap it up with... Parker Ainsworth, who is the host of Locked On Cougs, and he's going to talk about Houston defensive back Javarius Owens. So that's what's coming up on the Locked On Giants podcast. Hope you will keep it here. Thank you so much for making us your first listen or watch of the day. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.